Think back and reflect your first day as a fresher in college. You were perhaps nervous as everything was unfamiliar to you. As soon as you entered the lecture hall, you briskly scanned around to see what the others were wearing. Were you dressed like them or were you looking like an alien? More recently, while trying to buy a kitchen appliance on Amazon, did you buy it only after reading customer reviews or did you send screenshots of the same to your friend for a quick approval? If yes, what you demonstrated was a significant and yet unconscious need to fit in with the others in your common group. Emotions are incredibly powerful influences. They often supersede rationality and logic. This makes it difficult for us to avoid their impact on our decision making. But since each of us is naturally wired to be susceptible to the traps of emotional foreplay, a deeper understanding into why we feel the way we feel can help contextualize the relationship between our emotions and actions. Hello everyone and welcome to Clarity, a podcast series designed to create a safe space for conversations and reflections. I'm your host, Janvi Gurja, a curious people observer, an executive coach and co-founder of Vital Signs Advisory. In today's episode, I would like to explore why we second-guess ourselves, especially when our choices don't fall in line with the opinions of the majority. The behaviors you demonstrated back in your college or while buying the kitchen appliance online recently were triggered by the need to conform with the majority opinion. This psychological phenomenon wherein you tend to copy the actions of those around you just to fit in is known as social proofing. I recall the craze in the 90s and the 2000s for students to gain admission into premier engineering colleges followed immediately by completing an equally prestigious MBA degree. And this craze was insane. Even during the dot-com era that emerged soon thereafter, 1.9 out of 2 people wanted a job in the IT or the dot-com space. I would often wonder why such smart and intelligent people had to follow the herd and clone themselves into careers that they may or may not like. What were they gaining from this frenzy? Well, aside from the astronomical salaries, the foreign trips, corporate perks at all, these individuals also enjoyed an elite status in the matrimonial market because society had announced these pathways as the new hallmarks of success. Hence, to gain social proof, Parents, teachers and students willfully and torturously colluded to fit in and earn success in this manner and vehemently avoided the label of being a poor fit. The phenomenon of social proofing is not just restricted to individual choices in one's education and career like I mentioned earlier, but has also spread tremendously into the world of marketing. Marketers are exploiting consumers by generating exaggerated customer reviews on their websites and social media sites with the sole purpose of luring passive prospects into impulsive purchases. Social proofing has become the magic steroid for marketers across all products and services. The reason I choose to speak about social proofing is because of the ongoing tussle I witness personally and professionally in so many people these days. As the levels of self-awareness is slowly increasing, Thanks to the spiritual, motivational and leadership gurus, many people have started questioning and some even regretting their herd-based choices, wondering why some of their choices resemble them and why many of their choices 
compel them to live lives in disguise. Another interesting concept that can be closely related to social proofing, and I'm sure many of you can relate to, is called as pluralistic ignorance. It's almost like a twin of social proofing. Social psychology uses the concept of pluralistic ignorance to describe an individual's tendency to infer that their feelings, attitudes or beliefs are comparably less or more extreme than others in the group. It is rather an ironic scenario where many members of the same group hold the common misperception of the group norm on one hand and the same misperception on the other hand is likely to result in the sexual norm of the group to seize. Picture this, you're in a meeting and your peer takes you through a series of complicated graphs and visuals in his presentation. He pauses in the end for questions. You have not understood many sections of his presentation. However, since nobody else in the room asks any questions, you also stay mum. You take the group silence as a sign that everybody else has cognitively understood what your peer was sharing and hence have no questions, although that might not necessarily be true. The main trigger for pluralistic ignorance seen through passive collusion and social proofing seen through active affirmation stems from the fear of being excluded from the common group. In fact, the absence of affiliation tends to make one feel less significant in their own eyes and there is often self-talk that you hear saying, I'm not good enough yet. So, in order to fit in, in order to be accepted by the others, I need to just agree with what the majority says. Hey, if you are stuck in a similar situation and you don't want to be misunderstood and you don't want to torture yourself with such pretensions, here's what you can do. Ask a question if you are in doubt. Doesn't matter if others don't have the same doubt. Challenge yourself to think why not. And if an assumption is illogical, say it. Use your voice to explain your beliefs. Even if you are in the solitary, you may be the only one with the right solution. Don't be afraid of ridicule. It's better to generate humor at your expense than live with a faulty and forced point of view. If you like a certain color that makes you look wild, go ahead and flaunt it. At least you have what the others don't, the courage to be different and free. In short, trust your instincts and live as per your compass. Majority is not always right. Hello listeners, I acknowledge that adapting to new patterns can be both complex and tough, but not impossible. Many of these emotions play out their own charade making us feel low and lousy without actually knowing why. Through Clarity, a podcast series designed to create a safe space for conversations and reflections, I feel comfortable exposing my vulnerabilities with you and hope you find a connection, a meaning and a way ahead, just in case you experience something similar. If this episode of Reflection Through Clarity strikes a chord with you, share your story with us on our LinkedIn and Instagram page, Vital Science Consult, or on Twitter at Janvi underscore Gurja 8, and look us up at www.vitalscienceconsults.com. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Until next time then, this is Janvi Gurja signing off. Thank you for listening and being in the moment with me. Take care of yourselves because you are precious.